one car, two drivers, three wheels, 34 days, and 3,500 miles around India. This is the Trans India Challenge podcast. That sound is Queen Bee getting her buzz back. Yes, welcome to the Trans India Challenge podcast, episode 10. We're now into double figures and Queen Bee is not only back on the road, but she's buzzing. In fact, we are in Varanasi after leaving Kolkata and traveling across the north of India on our way to New Delhi. Joined as always by David Campbell, film director. The good news, as you could have heard, was that Queen Bee was repaired thanks to some incredible efforts by Morgan and Crazy Horse in the UK, by the team at Harley Bangalore in Kolkata, and also the Jeep, uh, Salika Jeep team, as well as uh, help from Nitin Dosa at the WIAA, and also Cherry and Scaria at TLC Assist. Finally, we also had some amazing help from Uday Batia, who managed to pull all of this together. It was a matter of shipping parts. It was a matter of getting through customs. It was a matter of getting the engine out of Queen Bee, getting the components in and replaced and getting it back on the road. And that sound of the car starting and going into gear and rolling forward was one that actually left Alan Braithwaite, Queen Bee's main driver, in well, an interesting state. I was very emotional, and, and the guys just worked so hard. It was unbelievable. And, and we didn't finish till about half past 10, 11 o'clock at night, putting it all back together again. And then we did the tests, and then we found that the, uh, the little engine morning light kept coming on. But when, when the, she started, and she started almost the first time, it was extraordinary. And she'd been solid as a rock yesterday, coming from Kolkata to Darmbad. And it was great to be back on the road. But the team keeps spinging surprises on us. So we set off through Calcutta. We go over the Hara Bridge, which is fantastic. 1.2 million people go across it every day. Went past the station. Then we took a right. And we were in this market. And it was complete and utter mayhem. An absolute shock on their faces when they saw us going up this tiny narrow alleyway collecting all their stuff from this um, weekly market and uh, I think they were absolutely shocked to see this car going up there um, but also what wonderful waves and smiles and as soon as we stopped we got swamped we couldn't move because everybody was in front of us taking selfies and photos. It was uh, almost a little bit frightening, actually. You suddenly realise that, you know, the support car's in front of you and there's a sea of people between the two cars. And actually, that's an interesting point because one of the things you're encountering in India is just sheer numbers, and that can actually be quite overwhelming. We've stopped in situations just to fill up fuel or or literally just to to change drivers or passengers and all of a sudden you have people coming from nowhere yeah and is that something that you find encouraging or or can it be overwhelming it's it's encouraging and and they're uh, also good natured aren't they yeah very good natured occasionally it's a little irritating when you're trying to get on and yesterday at one of the motorway tolls was going steadfastly stood in front of us as we wanted to set off. <laughs> he wasn't going to move at all. Which was a tad irritating, but you just sort of go with the flow in India. 
Um, and we had a good drive to, to Darmban. Actually, very interesting latter stage because we were coming through a um, big industrial area. This is the coal-producing area for the whole of India. And we'd seen the coal trains a couple of days before, a few days before. Mm. How much of a contrast is there in these different areas that we're seeing? Well, I must admit, rice growing is all the way along the road. I mean, we see it from um, the main highway. Um, and yet you've got the coal mines and the stacks and everything else forming a backcloth. So everywhere is being used in some shape or form, whether you've got animals grazing the central reservation, the side of the road, um, you then got the rice, and then you suddenly come across um, these stacks um, and you can see the where the coal slag heaps are kept and so on. So Pat Braithwaite there talking about the changing scenery, the changes that we've seen since leaving Kolkata. This is the Trans India Challenge podcast episode 10. My name's Peter Brill. I'm a member of the Trans India Challenge team. Alongside me, as always, David Campbell, our film director, who is now looking through the lens at another part of India. We're almost halfway through, halfway through leg three. And if you haven't uh, listened to previous podcasts, uh, a reminder that the Trans India Challenge is a 3,500 mile road trip around India in a Morgan three wheeler, Queen Bee, driven by British husband and wife team, Alan and Pat Braithwaite. Now, when we left Kolkata, we headed towards Bodhgaya and then Patna. And as Pat said, the scenery changed dramatically, but in some cases, so did the roads and some of the road challenges that we faced. We got to Bodhgaya in pretty good shape, although the very last bit was very rough roads and Alan was protecting the car as he would naturally do because we know the kind of damage the roads did previously. But we did have an um, enlightening experience, I think is the best way of putting it, in Bodhgaya because we visited the temple and, and, and the whole area where Buddha himself gained enlightenment and the Bodhi tree. Despite being stressful, having had a stressful day, and despite the fact that we couldn't film, it was a remarkable place. And I think there's no question that the people, it's, it's, it's a place of pilgrimage. There was all kinds of amazing chanting and there was all kinds of, of, of activity going on. There was prayer, there was meditation and there was a beautiful lake with prayer flags as well surrounding it, enormously peaceful. And I think that despite the stress, there was an opportunity just to, to, to download and to, and to take a little bit of of a breath and take some calmness. The following day, as we left Bodhgaya, I think that's where the challenge started because we got into the centre of town and a bus had hit some cables in the centre of town and the place was gridlocked. And it turned out that you, David, and myself, Pramod, our guide, ended up as traffic cops trying to move the traffic along to get ourselves out of Bodhgaya and that was the start of the day. And every village we hit was the same. Well, it started well, didn't it? <laughs> it was an onslaught from the moment we left the left Bodgaya, or well, before we even left Bodgaya. The traffic, the dust, the uh, traffic jams. Uh, I mean, we we were stopped for thirty minutes at a time in some villages, while Pramod and yourself uh, got up, ran down the road trying to organize the traffic into some sort of order which <laughs> is a bit in india organizing traffic into order i don't think that works um but to try just to try and get us through and it was just that stop start nature of the day the roads were rough uh, every village we went into uh grown to a halt when we arrived half times we were the problem because people people would gather around the car and that would stop the traffic but we arrived in patna eventually 
And for those that have been listening to the previous podcast, certainly in podcast seven and eight, you will have heard Anshu Gupta, the founder of the, the NGO Goonj, talking about the work that they have been doing. The Trans India Challenge itself is aiming to raise £200,000, 1.8 crore rupees, to support the work of of the not-for-profit organisation. The organisation uses urban waste as a currency to promote the regeneration of rural communities. And we've seen lots of different ways that that's been used, through schools, through dam building, through pond clearing. And when we reached Patna, we were able to see one very important piece of work uh, that has, is being undertaken by Goonj, and that is in the area of menstrual hygiene. We arrived at the village just outside on the outskirts of Patna in an area which uh, included cabbage patches and cauliflower patches and half-built buildings as far as the eye could see. I take up the story just as the villagers, along with Alan and Pat, settle down for an education session. So they're about to start a a lecture session with the women of the village but also the men about menstrual hygiene. A series of flags are being unfurled which have got writing on them I suppose is the equivalent of a PowerPoint presentation but it's printed and they're being unfurled at the back. The women are sitting down and uh, I think the uh, lecture is about to start. Well, this is the project called Not Just a Piece of Cloth linked with the my pads uh, packs which are menstrual hygiene packs so they have a number of things they have education they have pads they have the whole link with circular economy using reusable textiles and all of that is provided by Goonj for the women of the communities after the session was over I took the opportunity to ask Pat Braithwaite what she thought about the education session she'd just seen. It was brilliant. I could tell they were understanding what was being said by the Goonj representative, uh, which was wonderful to see a man talking about you know, feminine hygiene and so on, which is quite something. There's such a taboo here. Um, I did speak to one or two afterwards and just said that they will benefit from using it, and it's a very good idea. But it was wonderful because I could see that they were taking it all in. How surprised are you by what you've seen in the need for this? I'm frightened that they've not actually come up with anything before, which would be as, as hygienic as using pads. I can't believe that they use leaves and bark and all sorts of things like that. So, you know, I'm delighted that this has now come to their fore and it will make their lives so much better and happier as well. And how appropriate do you think that Goonji's approach is the way that they're doing this? I think it's absolutely amazing, actually. Um, and I think they're really sort of understanding the needs of the people dramatically. I think there's a very, very good approach that they've got going forward because, I mean, you know, they're going to help the girls so that they won't have to go into hospital if, if they've got any awful infections or anything, or have to go to a doctor, or in fact become sterile. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of possibilities that could develop from having an infection. So, um, no, I think that Goonj has brilliantly, I think bravely, gone forwards um, with uh, bringing this forward and bringing this topic out into the open so that the men can hear about this as well, because there's quite a taboo 
about talking about any of these things, whether it's in the West or, or here, in fact. And it is, of course, a major topic, the whole thing of period poverty and, and mm. the major topic around not just India, but, but you know, we're hearing it across the world, really. Yeah. How important is this education? Vital, absolutely vital. Um, and I think you know, for the, the benefit of females in impoverished, impoverished areas or whatever, um, it's absolutely vital that they hear and understand and, and you know, the reason why that they actually recommend them they do this. And one of the other issues is, is, this, is the male attitude to, to menstruation and to, to, to period poverty. What's your perspective on that? What, what, are your, what would your message be on that? Men listen, because, you know, they are very dominant in many countries, and I think it's time that they actually listen to the females, to be perfectly honest. And with those powerful thoughts of Pat Braithwaite, that brings us to the end of episode 10 of the Trans India Challenge podcast, except to say that we will be back uh, with David Campbell's thoughts as a film director on Varanasi and the sights and sounds, and we'll also be talking about our arrival into Delhi uh, and our visit to Goonge headquarters. Uh, That's all coming up in episode 11. Of course, uh, you can contribute to help us meet the £200,000 target. You can simply do that by visiting the challenge website, transindiachallenge.com, and clicking on the Contribute Now button, or by visiting Give Asia and uh, looking for Trans India Challenge. It's a very simple process. You can also follow us, of course, on social media. There's been plenty of activity, still lots going on, lots of images, uh, lots of chat and banter, of course at Transindia Challenge for Facebook and Instagram, and at Transindia Chal on Twitter. You can listen to previous episodes of the podcast. That's on Anchor FM, and we've managed to get rid of all those nasty gaps, so no problems. We've got over the technical issues. You can hear us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and, of course, on Apple Podcasts as well. If you've reached this point, well, thanks, as always, for listening. We will be back. Lots to talk about, and that will be at the next episode of the Trans India Challenge podcast. Oh! <laughs>